everyone. This is Bev Marshall here, and I've had the honor and privilege of being married to Drew Marshall for almost 20 years, 12 of the best years of my life. Have you ever noticed just how sensitive of a man he is? I was crying with him when he was crying because... Hey, we, hold on, hold on. We were crying. We're men here. <laughs> he may not know how to fix stuff around the house, but at least he knows women's fashion. Is it the way women are dressing? I, mean, I know I'm going to be labeled sexist by even suggesting this. We can wear whatever we want. Well, i got to tell you, there's a lot of skimpy-looking stuff out there. I know he thinks he's Dr. Phil and genuinely seems like he understands us women. Women seem to be driven more by emotions than men do, and men tend to be a little bit more analytical. And I'm not a sexist jerk, so don't write me emails saying I I hate women or something like that. Don't worry, ladies. I've trained him well. Driving, turning your radio down, and talking on the phone. You must be a woman, because a guy couldn't do all that. So if you're looking for sound professional guidance, well, there's always the guests he interviews. Tune in Saturdays between 1 and 5 for The Drew Marshall Show, right here on Joy 1250. So glad I'm finally over It didn't take too long The memories a blur So much better being on my own I get to call my shots. There's not a sound at home. Whether you're in your smart car avoiding Hummers or you're in your house avoiding the J-Dubs, there's no avoiding us. The Drew Marshall Show, live through our website and right here on Joy 1250. Well, from 18 years on the hit television show, The Young and the Restless... And a recurring role for two seasons on NBC's The Facts of Life to landing the starring role in the Broadway production of the Andrew Lloyd Webber, Tim Rice musical, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. I saw it with Donnie Osmond. I wish I'd seen it with this guy in it because from all intents and purposes, this, he's got the stuff, this one. Michael Damien's career just never seems to slow down. He's also had a number of top 40 hits, including his number one single, Rock On, which earned him his first gold record. More recently, though, Michael and his wife, Janine, wrote and produced a movie inspired by events in Janine's life called Moondance Alexander. My wife and I just watched it last night. I wish I wasn't so tired, because I was emotionally vulnerable. And, like, don't tell anybody this, but... uh I teared up a little bit in the movie. Michael? Ah, you're you're too kind. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on your show. You like that little tune in the background there? Hey, thank you for plugging my new single. That's awesome. (laughs) Getting so much better. You're a good man. We do what we can. We do what we can. Look, everyone wants to know, what's with all the recurring roles in Y&R? Like, we're not on last month? Another one coming up in May or something? Well... Well, they they call me back, you know, I kind of like Al Pacino. Remember when he said, just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. Uh, well, you know, I came back for the big anniversary special uh, a month ago and uh, debuted the song that you just played, Getting So Much Better, did it, you know, performed it live on the show. And, and I guess, you know, it just really worked out well, huge reaction. And, uh, you know, they called, you know, a couple weeks ago and said, look, you know, we we got this story, you know, are you available? And I said, well, I'm promoting my movie Moondance Alexander, but I'm just doing interviews and phoners right now. So what do you got in mind? And they said, well, we need you, in, you know, back in Genoa City. Uh, uh, and so I said, okay, great. So I just finished shooting this week on Young and the Restless and had a great time. Nice, nice. Well, everyone's thrilled. Everyone's excited. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm, I love doing the show. Uh, those episodes will air May 22nd. And, you know, we have an open door policy, and I have had that for many years with the show. And, 
I've made it very clear, if I'm in town and I'm not shooting or, or, or promoting or writing a film or directing a movie uh, or recording a record, then, you know, I'm there. And so uh, it just it worked out well this week. Now, I've got, to, I've got to, I don't know, give you huge apologies here for not really knowing too much about your Y&R life. The first time I ever watched a daytime soap <laughs> was, I think, a couple of months ago. Tracy Melkier from The Bold and Beautiful sent me an email saying she was back on the show doing a couple of little things. And so during uh, my lunch break, I kind of pulled out the TV. and <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, well, good for you. Uh, and, and how was it? Did you enjoy it? It was a beautiful experience. You gotta be you, you gotta be careful. You could you could get hooked, and then not a every chance. day, you know, <laughs> not a chance. Not a chance. Okay. Not a chance. I couldn't. First of all, I couldn't believe how many stinking commercials there were. It was unbelievable. <laughs> well, that's why you got TiVo. Yeah, I don't have that either. Oh, okay. Uh, Moondance Alexander. Let me see if I get this right. Moondance Alexander is a family-friendly, against all odds film inspired by a true story. It's about dreams plus hard work paying off. You you said it beautifully. It's exactly right. It's you know it's about a a misfit teen, a young girl, uh, you know, her renegade pony, uh, a down-and-out outcast of a horse trainer, and how these three all pursue their dream of competing in this elite horse-jumping championship, which is, you know, part of the story. The other part is, of course, it's about family, it's about perseverance, it's about, uh, you know, fighting through all the, the difficulties, and but doing it in a loving sort of way, uh, but, you know, not giving up on your hopes and dreams. This was filmed in Calgary. Uh, yes, that's correct. Boy, you picked horse country for this movie, didn't you? Well, we we yeah, we really needed that horse country with a lot of green, you know, rolling hills and these beautiful vistas, and we wanted the film to have a beautiful cinematic look and uh, a lot of scope and scale. And and in Calgary, you can shoot in any direction, and there's you know there's not a, a fifty story building in, in your way, so. It worked out really well. Well, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know the words or the right uh, terms here, but when the opening shot uh, came on, I, I was actually drawn to the cinematography right off the bat. Oh well. So I don't, awesome. I don't know what lens you use or filter or whatever it is, but very, very well done. And the score was it the Prague Symphony or something like that? Yeah, we we have a, an amazing uh, composer named Mark Thomas, who's a, a BAFTA award-winning British composer who scored it. And then we went to Prague and recorded with the Prague Symphony Orchestra. So that was about a 110-piece orchestra uh, that did the entire you know score from beginning to end. All right, let's talk about the inspiration for this movie, which is Janine's life and her own horse, Checkers. Uh, wh what did you really draw from her life that was injected into this movie? Well, Janine grew up in Mississippi, and she was pretty much an unpopular girl, a misfit in school. I, I'm sorry, hold on, i got to stop you. Are you trying to tell me Yes. that Miss Solid Gold Dancer yes. was an unpopular girl? I, I'm telling you, it's really amazing. She was... You know, I guess people called her geeky. They called her, you know, uh, uh, she didn't. She wore tennis shoes. She wore Converse tennis shoes and and refused to, you know, dress up. You know, she wore jeans and Converse tennis shoes every day to school. Is what she told me, and she just didn't want to conform. And she really wanted to, to be comfortable when she went to school. So everybody thought, you know, she when you don't dress well right away, you're going to be put in a category. And she just didn't have a lot of friends. So she ran into this horse. Uh, she found this horse on a dirt road that was just out, and later they, you know, they found out who it, the horse belonged to, and and her parents, uh, you know, got her uh, this horse, and and uh, she met this trainer, um, a uh, you know, an outcast of a guy who who turned out to be 
a famous an Olympian, you know, horse coach who basically kind of fell by the wayside. And she got together with this trainer and said, "Look, I really think this horse has potential, and we can, and it's a pinto, by the way, you know, a pinto pony." And she said, "I think this horse could be a famous, you know, champion jumper, and I want to go all the way and do the big Memphis Classic." And uh, paints he, paints don't do that exactly. And if you exactly, if you know the, the equestrian world, it's very it's an elitist sport. And uh, a lot of it is you're not supposed to be judged on the actual horse appearance, but you can't help but being a little, you know, the judges tend to be prejudiced when it comes to, well, do I pick a beautiful thoroughbred or a gorgeous, expensive dapple gray, or do I pick a little renegade ghetto yeah. pony? All the judges for the warm bloods become hotheads. <laughs> exactly. 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 So, you know, it's so all that, and, you know, they didn't have a lot of money, and, and all those little things that, that, that were, I think, gems of, of, of little, you know, story arcs I wanted to, we wanted to, to bring into the, the story and, and, and make it, uh, we felt it had enough potential to be a, a full-length film, and, and we, uh, we did it. We got it on the screen. You know, I thought, uh, when I found out Don Johnson was in this, I thought he was going to be the star of the movie and uh, just kind of run away with it. But this girl, Kay, is, is how do you say her last name, Panabaker? Uh, Panabaker. My goodness. I've very rarely seen that quality of a performance from that young of a kid. Well, thank you. How, how old is she? I'll, I'll how old is she? Her. She's um, well. She she was 16 when she when she did the role when we shot it. She's now she just had a birthday, um, so now she's 17. But uh, yeah, she's she's a bright, really bright 16 year old, and uh, I'm so glad you liked her performance. Oh. Uh, she was just she worked so hard and had a lot of emotion and, and brought a lot of depth to the to the role and 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 made it real. Yeah, she I mean she did not overact uh unlike the Valley Girl snobs who were in... <laughs> Well, they, that's their job to yeah, do that. I know, yeah. I know, I know. The mean girls, yeah. yeah. And Lori Lachlan, my goodness, she looks better than she's ever looked. I mean, she She looks great. Doesn't oh she? my goodness. I my yeah. my wife actually hit me when I made a comment about it. So, uh, <laughs> that we had lunch with Candace Cameron uh, last Friday in Nashville. And, oh, uh, of course, they worked together on uh, on Full House for yeah, many, many years. Yeah, of course. And Don Johnson, I haven't seen him in anything for quite a while, but this role, funny, I interviewed, uh, oh, I just forgot his name, the guy who played Jesus Christ, Ted Neely. I interviewed mm -hmm. Ted Neely a while ago, and he was telling me that in the, uh, the performance down in L.A. that they did at the... Uh, Ricardo Montalban Theater, they phoned up Jack Black and said, would you, how would you feel about playing uh, Herod? And Jack Black was like, I was born to play that role, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so this role that Don Johnson plays, that is a perfect fit for him. Oh, wonderful. I'm so glad you, you, you felt that way because we did too. You know, he's never done a family film before. He's always carried a, a gun or, you know, driven a fast car. <laughs> and this is taking him so far from all of that and putting him in, a, you know, a rundown stable and, and, and out in the middle of, you know, horse country we just thought it would. We just had a feeling that this guy was going to knock it out of the park, and and I think he really did. Yeah, yeah. And of course, now we have to talk about James Best because yeah. when I heard his, you know, southern drawl kind of voice, I was thinking, I know this guy. Yeah. I, I know this guy. Where do I know this guy from? Roscoe Picotrain. Roscoe Picotrain. And you married the daughter. Exactly. Exactly. Of Roscoe Picotrain. Exactly. And, and let me just tell you that what happened is. In the story, in, in, in the movie Moondance Alexander, um, of course, the, the, the dad has died in our story. And what happened in and real life... And that would life, be you. Pardon me? You're the dead and dad. I play the dad. I play the dead dad, exactly. The, the cameos. I love the cameos. They we, were we, well, shots. you know, the price was right. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I play the dead dad, but you know, we wanted to, uh, in reality, Janine's parents got divorced and they, and, and James, you know, the, her dad moved away to, to LA and it was kind of like, it was almost like a death to a young kid. It was the, the end of the world. But, uh, we were so fortunate to have James Best, uh, you know, in, in the role and he's just, he's so lovable. He's so, well, you tell me. I mean, doesn't he? You just can't help but like the guy. Whenever I walk into a, a a country store in the middle of nowhere, there's one in particular on Martha's Vineyard I love going to. I expect someone like James Best behind the counter. You know what? So do I. And guess what? When we shot in that store that you that you saw in yeah. the movie, yeah. there was a guy, an old timer. Oh. It was just like that. Really? He was. Just, he was just like it. And, he, and it was so funny. By the way, it was so sad because the store was always empty, and. And I came in, I was like, you know, I'm really uh, happy that we're going to be able to shoot here. And, you know, we're, we're thrilled about paying you some money. He's like, oh, oh, you know what? Don't worry about the money. Uh, uh, my customers, they'll be coming in any day now. <laughs> and, and I drove back over there about five or six times uh, scouting and getting ready to shoot. Yeah. And I never saw a customer in there. Really? But every time I saw him, I was like, honey, I, I told Janine, I said, we got to pay this guy a good Let's give him a nice, yeah, you good. know. Thank you, check. Let's give him a nice big check. because And every time I walk in, how's it going? Doing great. It's starting to pick up. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen a soul in the store. <laughs> I love it. I love it. The optimism of uh, of the uh, geriatric crowd is uh, tremendous. But it's wonderful. <laughs> yes, exactly. But that's what's so wonderful about uh, this, you know, what you just brought up, that you want to have a character like that at, at that store. And it just makes you feel good when you're in those right. little towns to have that sort of a character, and it really does exist. Okay, there's a serious Dukes of Hazard connection going on here because you've got uh, James Best, right? Right. And then his daughter, uh, which is now your wife, uh, Janine. Right. Janine was on an episode of, of Dukes of Hazard. Yes, she was. Uh, she was on an episode, and I think she played a. St- I saw it. She had a baby in the story, and somebody kidnapped her baby, and the Duke brothers. Rescued her babe. Boy, yeah. yeah she played a character named Mary Lou, I think. Of, uh... He played Mary Lou. Hey, he's good. He's got you down. I'm actually, Janine just just sat down. We're sitting outside having <laughs> having a little late well, breakfast. And she, she looked at me and went, and kind of had a reaction. Like, yeah, how did he know that? Yeah. Well, uh, say hello, Mary Lou. Hey, you're getting a big hello. Mary Lou. Mary Lou. Hello, Mary Lou. Thank you. Thank you very much. Nailed that one. Uh, the, now, speaking of when I was down in Asheville uh, a couple weeks ago, was a couple weeks ago? Yeah, a couple weeks ago, I uh, sent a box, an entire cardboard box filled with ten huge boxes of Captain Crunch to John Schneider. You did? Yeah. He, that's his favorite cereal. <laughs> he loves it. I didn't know John Schneider loves Captain Crunch. Just okay, like, well, thank you. I yeah. learn a lot uh, yeah. you know, every day. Filled with useless information. <laughs> Here in the That's Drew Marshall great. Show. Well, let's talk about you a little bit more. Do you have a Canadian connection, Michael Damien? Like, is there some kind of weird Canadian connection with you? Well, you know what's really funny is that throughout, from 1981, I, I, I had two records first that were released in Canada only. And I kept going up there and touring and doing shows and concerts for years and years. And everybody assumed I was a Canadian. Because I was up there all the time. Everybody just, oh, yeah, Michael Damien, yeah, he's Canadian. Because I've been to Toronto a million times, and yeah. Ottawa, Calgary, you know, Winnipeg, Hamilton, wow. London, Windsor, Kitchener. Listen to you. you know, uh, all, and, and, and Vancouver. And So what's really ironic is that I'm now actually uh, a landed Canadian. I actually have a, a permanent resident card now because <laughs> I, was, 
I was sort of bec I became an honorary Canadian. All right. So this is the test, though. Okay. Yep. You, if you don't pass this test, I'm calling immigration. Oh no. Finish this sentence. Okay. How's it going? A. Yes. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it in one. That's a wrap, folks. Yeah. Very. Oh yeah. Come on. I. Start, you know what's funny? I started doing that. I started doing on like because of all my trips. You did not. I'm in the restless. I'm in the yes. And the producer said, Michael, you're saying a lot of A's. <laughs> I am A? <laughs> you know? They said, yeah. Have you been in Canada a lot? I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, I have, actually. They said, you, you put an A on almost every other sentence. Now, listen, this family you grew up in had a whack of estrogen. Yes. Six sisters? Uh, six sisters and two brothers. And two brothers. Yes. And nine I, of us. I just, I mean, it's got to do some kind of damage to you growing up with that many sisters. No, I was actually pretty much spoiled by the seven women. So I was, uh, you know, they they did everything for me. You know, laundry, cooking. I, I mean, it was it was actually fantastic. Uh, I'm just trying to, you know, of course Janine won't do those things. Oh so, my goodness! So it's kind of, you know, well she will cook, but no laundry. Yeah. No, but she cooks like a mad chef. I mean, she's <laughs> you, you've seen Hell's Kitchen. Oh yeah. She's Heaven's Kitchen. Got it. Nice recovery. That was good. <laughs> Listen, that's... She gave me, by the way, she shot me a dirty look. <laughs> you should have seen it. Oh, yeah. I can only imagine. Really? Now, listen, I thought you were in trouble with all these women surrounding you, but it turns out it's actually kind of a good thing. Have a listen to this, folks. It's kind of a blast from the past. Oh, my gosh. This is some unbelievable music. How did you find this? Michael Damien surrounded by gorgeous women, which I think are your sisters. This was my fam the family band I was in. Yeah, this is... Uh... Anyway, have a listen. Well, Michael, just sit back, reminisce. Okay. That's your dad on guitar, is it? Uh, that's my, my brother Larry. Oh, your brother, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I can just feel the roller skates now, the crossovers, the, the mirror I ball. Vibes back then. I can see you. <laughs> Buddy, you got a butt ugly outfit on, let me just tell you. You don't like my outfit? That's, that's 100% polyester. <laughs> That was spandex as well. I think spandex <laughs> And then I guess your older sister comes up to the microphone and she's got a serious David Bowie look going on, like the rouge. It was she like really a... does look like David Bowie in that. Yeah. You're right, a good-looking David Bowie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll make sure I don't tell her that. <laughs> no, please don't pass that along. <laughs> Well, that's but that's how you got noticed. Oh yeah, exactly. I, I was, you know, perfor well, what happened was I was, you know, performing in that band, and uh, I wrote a bunch of uh, teen magazines a letter um, saying, "Come see the next Teen Idol sensation," um, and uh, Michael. And I was, and, and I wrote my full name is Michael Damian Weir, and so I wrote Michael Weir, and then I realized that I was going to have my brother sign as my as the manager. Because I didn't want to write, my, you know, I can't sign my own letters. So <laughs> I said, you know what? I'll go by Michael Damien, and you sign Larry Weir, manager. So we send the letter in. Tiger Beat Magazine writes back and says, we are sending a photographer to the Troubadour Friday night to photograph this new next big sensation. So sure enough, the, the teen magazine photographer came to uh, the Troubadour, photographed me, and then uh, the next month I was and a huge spread in Tiger Beat magazine. You and, you and Leif Garrett, probably. Yeah, me and Leif Garrett. Yeah. And, uh, but the funny thing is, I was locked into Michael Damien because that was it. I couldn't, what am I going to go change my name all of a sudden? You know, oh, by the way, actually, my real name is Michael 
Dave Weir, you know? Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's that's actually the whole story. Not too many people know it. I just thought I'd, you know, tell you the whole thing. Well, thank you. We, that's what we're all about. We're not whole... sleeping over there. No, not at all. <laughs> not after that rock and roll little tune happening there, <laughs> let me tell you. Uh, Facts of Life, two seasons. You were the stud muffin there. Yes, I played Flyman on the Facts of Life uh, right around the same time George Clooney was on. Actually, I think he came on right, like, months after me because they, Facts of Life wanted me to continue and play a regular but uh, I couldn't get out of the Young and the Restless contract, so I only did a couple, I had to do cameos, but uh, that was fun playing Flyman, the, uh, who turned into a Vegas lounge singer, or Atlantic City lounge singer. <laughs> that, was, that was a lot of fun. Uh, folks, on the phone and just about to say goodbye to the one and only Michael Damien, 18 years on the hit television show Young and the Restless. Uh, you got to tell us the Alpha Romeo story. Oh, no. How did you hear about this? Well, I got my sources. You are good. I'll tell you. Well, I went to uh, I went to Italy and uh, rented a car. My wife and I were on vacation, and really nice, super you know slick sports car. And we're we're you know cruising through the countryside and having a great time. And you know we needed some gas, so I pulled over, and uh, it was actually the car was empty. So I filled it up, and all of a sudden the car starts shaking and shuddering, and <laughs> like literally having, you know, convulsions, and it just died. And uh, Janine said, so um, you did put, you know, super in the car. I was like, no, this is a diesel car. And she said, no, you're supposed to put regular gas in this car. <laughs> so I pumped it. I put, I put diesel in this car. So I had oh, to have nice. a tow truck pick the car up, and we drove with a tow truck all around the, you know, the countryside to find a shop to drop this thing off and ended up having to extend our vacation another week. Oh, too uh, bad. In Paris. Yeah, and then we brought the car back into, into Paris. We started in Italy, ended up driving through the French, then we got to France, and then we dropped the car off in Paris. I left the car at the rental place. <laughs> it ran fine and just got on the plane and left. Yeah, bye-bye. heard from them. Bye-bye now. So, <laughs> well, as a little surprise, uh, Michael, I actually have the owner of that car dealership <laughs> oh, on the other no, line. Please tell me you don't have your own rent on the phone. <laughs> Uh, no, no, we're no, not. no. It ran great once yeah. I got the new. You know, they they spent a day with it. Uh, it was it was uh, yeah. Boy, how did you find out about that? Uh, moving along. <laughs> You're good. Moving along. Uh, what do these things all have in common? Basic Instinct, Footloose, Solid Gold, Academy Awards, American Music Awards, the Grammy Awards, Matlock, Fantasy Island, and Love Boat. You're still talking about my wife, Janine. I'd rather talk about her than you, to be honest. You know what? Here, just one, one second. Here. <laughs> Hello. Janine? Yes? I want to thank you for putting up with, with Michael for all these years. Oh, it's it's actually been a pleasure. He's <laughs> he's an evil, funny, fabulous husband. <laughs> oh, I like that combination. No, he's not. He's actually, he's not evil. He's... He's spectacular, and as you can see, he's he's an angel and has a, a great sense of humor, which I've learned to appreciate over yeah, the years. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I just said to him, I said, what do these things have in common? Basic Instinct, Footloose, Dukes of Hazard, Solid Gold, Academy Awards, American Music Awards, Grammy Awards, Matlock, Fantasy Island, and Love Boat. Oh, my God. You, how do you, you're, you're like a little detective. Mwahaha. <laughs> Did you dance in all of those, or did you? Were there parts well, played, or what? I mean, I know you did Mary Lou on Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, on the Matlock, I actually danced and acted because um, it was a musical, and then I um, actually killed somebody, and then I was on trial. Right. And then I did some more killing. I did some stabbing in Basic Instinct. Fantastic. And 
<laughs> I just learned that this is a family radio, and, and I didn't mean it, and it was awful, and I hated yes. every minute. Yes, of, it. of course. Yes. And um, and then I'm thinking the rest of the stuff that you said. Well, I did Capital for a while as an actress. Yes. Where that soap, which is no longer with us, mm. but um, yeah, um, it was all it all dance. Can you can you please it. explain to me what the WWF Slammy Awards are? Oh, you know that was really fun. That was an, um, <laughs> that was an amazing experience because. We had to rehearse with all the wrestlers for, I think, a week and a half before we kind of were sort of living with them when we would eat with them, which was an amazing event. Um, and they're really serious about their eating. And if, God forbid if somebody takes somebody else's chicken breast. Oh, yeah. You know, it's all out war. No. But, you know, I found out that those are really gentle souls. Those men are they're, they're amazing athletes, and I really learned to respect what they're doing. And so it is, it's the World War the World World War World <laughs> Wrestling yeah. Award Show, right? It, you know, which has done it with a lot of tongue, tongue in cheek and yes. a lot of fun. But um, it was it was that was a great experience. Well, I, I think what well, you Michael s- wants the phone back. Oh, listen, to him. he doesn't try. Let's talk about him now. Shall we talk a little bit behind his back? Oh, okay. Shall we do that? Can we talk about his cooking? <laughs> I think we should. <laughs> You know, he's the only boy in the family that doesn't cook, just so you know. But he's a very good sous chef, and he's learning how to chop. Nice. Now, Janine, i got to ask you seriously. Seriously, yes. how have you put up with the, uh, the, the, uh, the soap opera stalkers? Oh, you know, he has some really weird fans that send strange things in the mail. Yeah. But, um, you know, after we moved to France, we kind of lost them, and I don't know if they found him again. Oh, they may not know that he's back. No. I mean, yeah, I mean, but I guess they just don't know where. I think they do know he's back, but... Well, so I won't give out the address then. Okay. No, thank All right. you. <laughs> okay. All right. No, because I think, you know, there's no question. You married a hunk. He's a bit of a stud muffin. He's a he's catch. very hunky and steady. I will say that. I think yes. he's actually got a bit of a Patrick Duffy look to him in many ways. A Patrick Duffy. Well, maybe the hair. Yeah, the hair. The chest hair, maybe. Oh, come on. I don't want to talk about his chest hair, please. <laughs> Can we not do that? <laughs> he was flashing me just now, which is why I said that. <laughs> he was showing he was showing me his chest hair you guys. and his lovely cross that he's wearing on my back. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, the way to throw that in. That makes up for it. <laughs> well, I'm actually being serious. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, just before we go back to Michael, this movie, my wife and I sat down and watched it last night. And I was, I've been exhausted all week, and so not a good time to watch this movie. Got a little teary, a little teary. My wife and I are both uh, horse people. Oh, you are? Been involved with the horse industry for about 20 years. Oh, my goodness. And uh, I liked your selection of stock, whoever was in charge of that. Well done. That paint was very sharp. Did it look much like your paint when you were a child? Well, um, mine had quite a bit more black. Okay. Um, he had actually had a black face. Um, but... Really, you know, fairly close, and as a matter of fact, I kept making them fluff up the mane because my horse had all his mane. Hmm. And, um, but we actually used three horses. I noticed that at the credits when they rolled at the end. I, yeah. I said to my wife, she usually picks up on that stuff, and I said, uh, you didn't notice that. No, you know, we had an amazing, it's actually, she's called a horse colorist, and um, she's really quite a talent, and it's really an, a crazy involved thing to get them all painted exactly alike. So we, we took paints that were predominantly white that had um, cream markings on them, and then we turned them black. Well, we started out with one, and we just turned all of his cream markings black, and then we had matched him. Um, but they, they had to do such an array of different things. We had to have one that was safe for Kay to ride. We had one that was a Liberty horse that did all the stuff without a bridle or saddle and all the tricks. Hmm. And then we had the horse that jumped. The relationship that was portrayed in the movie, again, we're talking about Moondance Alexander, folks, inspired by a true story from this lady's life. Janine, the chemistry between 
Lori Lachlan and uh, and Kay was absolutely uh, phenomenal on on this movie. But <clears throat> what, was that similar? Oh my gosh! To you what know, you and Mom had? Well, absolutely, and that it, that was such a gift that they had uh, had worked previously together and that they already had a history. And they loved each other, and it was so important, um, the relationship between the mother and daughter. That was one of the most important aspects of the film for me because, like, for instance, the scene on the bed where she's talking to her mother was verbatim of what my mother said. As a matter of fact, my mother was on the set when we shot that, and we were just clinging and crying oh, in front wow. of the monitor. But I have uh, and still do have a spectacular relationship with my mother, as does Michael. And for us, it was so important that in this film that we that we really showed that relationship and that, yes, you do have challenges and, yes, you don't necessarily grant everything, but that you meet them with so much with love and respect. And um, that's what I had with my mother. She inspired me to be a better person. And we wanted to show that relationship. And Kay and uh, Lori, you know, managed so beautifully to portray that. So we, we felt really blessed that, they, that we, you know, that we had those two. So you're proud of the final product. You must be. There's no way you could be disappointed with what I just saw last night. Oh, thank you. You're so nice. No, we, we're, we're thrilled, absolutely thrilled. And I think everybody did such an amazing job, and it was a labor of love, and everyone worked so hard for us, and, um, and everybody believed in, in the project, and I really think that it shows in the final product. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad that you, know, that you responded to it, and I hope that everybody does. And, uh, I hope so, too. Oh, thank you so much. And I'm going to give you back to Michael now because I feel like a hog. <laughs> yeah, I guess we should go back to him. Okay, well, it was a pleasure speaking with you. You too, Janine. Thank you. I sure got lucky, didn't I? Yeah, I'm thinking you married up in a big way. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Very well done. Well, listen, it, it has been an absolute pleasure to chat with you. And, uh, folks, uh, the, the movie, again, is called Moondance Alexander. Where can they get this movie? I mean, is it just pretty much anywhere and everywhere, or are there certain spots? you got to go to Fox Films or your the MoondanceAlexander.com website. How does it work? You can go to anywhere you want to go. It's <laughs> everywhere. It's at Walmart. It's at Best Buy. It's at Kmart, Toys R Us, uh, Target. um you know, uh, Amazon.com, Blockbuster Video, Hollywood Video, you name it, any place you want to go to. So just uh, wherever you like to, you know, pick up your DVD from, um, it's available. Good stuff. Maybe before we say goodbye, is there any chance that you could just give us a couple of lines from Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat? Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. All right, I'm ready. We're ready. Folks, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is the first in Canada on the Drew Marshall Show, Michael Damien singing. I from... close my eyes, drew back the curtain to see for certain what I thought I knew. Far, far away, someone was weeping and the world was sleeping. Any dream will do. Well done. Hey, well. kids, rock and roll, rock on, ooh, my soul. Oh, man. That is a killer tune. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I, I totally forgot. I'm sorry to take so much time, but I uh, forgot that you actually have a spiritual side to your life. Well, yes, I, I uh, thank you for, well, I, I try. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but I don't, like, I, I don't know. How, I mean, this is a Jesus station, right? And so we talk about all sorts of stuff. And I'm so thankful that you, you've made this kind of movie because the family-friendly movies are just far and few between, and especially well-done family-friendly movies that most of them are just cheese fest, right? They're just not real good. Well, I think the problem is is that Hollywood is turning out these PG-13 
uh, quote-unquote family films that really aren't family films. Uh, somebody's going to get offended. There's either going to be bad language or, uh, you know, potty humor or a dysfunction or cynicism that really just doesn't have the true spirit of a, of a family film. And we, you know, we just hope that that changes. And by, um, you know, doing the best we can do, for instance, you know, you know, like Moondance Alexander, we just hope to kind of lead by example and try to make a great film and inspire others to make uh, family films of this, of this style. And uh, hopefully it'll catch on and maybe Hollywood will, will wake up. Um, but does your passion for this kind of um, family-friendly film stuff come from uh, just life, or does your faith kind of figure into this at all? I mean, you know, what's going on with the faith stuff, right? All of the above, you know. Really? We, just have, we, had, we have great families. Um, you know, my parents, uh, Janine's parents, uh, you know, just have been very spiritual. And, you know, we really, we just... Growing up, it's it's in us. It's in it's uh, in our fiber, and we really want to, you know, make films that that kind of uh, celebrate the way we were brought up, and that's sort of what we're doing. It's very organic. It's not like we just want to get out there and, uh, you know, we need to preach to people. Well, I think you can preach to people in different ways. We're really just trying to inspire people um, with our film, and uh, just make a simple story with good values and a fun film that's entertaining. Not you know too dramatic or too serious or you know having just different elements that could inspire people. That's the key, and I think that'll that I think really uh, is the best thing to do. Um, and and that comes from our our faith and our belief and growing up as Christians and and what we what we learned and what uh, has made us who we are today. Uh, you sound like my kind of guy. I really appreciate the time you've given us, Michael. Your gifting and your talents. Your it sounds like you're giving back in quite a huge way. So thank you for for doing doing it. You know what oh, I'm saying? Well, you're very welcome. We've been very blessed. Let's you know uh, we're just very fortunate. You know to be in the position we're in and to be able to reach people, and uh, it's really a gift. And we have to uh, you know we can't uh, abuse it and take advantage yeah. of it. We have to really uh, you know it's a big responsibility. So yeah. we're. We love it, and we're going to make more. Beautiful. Well done. Michael Damien on the Drew Marshall Show. Thanks for your time, mate. Good to chat with you. Drew, you're awesome. Thank you so much, and I want to thank your listeners. You guys are fantastic, and I hope you enjoy the movie. And thank you, Drew, and please, uh, big kiss to your wife, and, and thank her for... Uh, for uh, everything and, and keeping you in line. Yeah, you you know us better than I thought you knew us. <laughs> I heard a clip. I heard a commercial with her talking about you, so I know that she needs to keep you in check periodically. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we all do. Yeah, oh, yeah, guys. exactly. That's it, man. That's it. Thanks, Michael. All right. I love you guys up in Canada. Beautiful. Okay. See you, mate. Cheers. All right. Michael Damien. He's a good guy. I like that guy. All right, a short break on our show. When we come back, our journey segment. Margaret's parents did not want a second child. For, uh, right from the time she was born, she was rejected. I mean, she was hit with belts and wooden spoons. Her hands were actually fed through the ringer of an old-fashioned ringer washer. She's made to do all the household chores. Quite a Cinderella story, to be honest. Uh, forced to go into an abusive marriage at the age of 18. She's, she finally left her husband and ended up living in the streets. So thank God she didn't end up taking her own life as was planned. And thank God Curse Street Ministries was there for her as well. All right, a short break. As I said, we'll come back with our journey segment. And then uh, later in the show, Louise Duarte and Squire Rushnell. Uh, Louise is uh, quite an amazing comedic impressionist. And Squire, a former ABC television executive and author of all those When God Winks books. Stay with us.
Like what you've heard? Listen again online at drewmarshall.ca.